Hello and welcome to The Legal Cut, where we dissect your favorite scenes from TV, film, and literature to see how they hold up under the law. I'm Daniel Weber. I'm John Santiago. Today, we have our first ever guest host joining us for this episode, Mr. Drew McDaniels. Hello, everyone. I'm Drew. Drew is a fellow UC Irvine law graduate and suggested the topic of today's episode. So what topic are we discussing today, Drew? Today... The question is, would Captain America and his allies be guilty of treason for their actions in the Marvel film Captain America Civil War? Very intriguing. Well, Dan, what should we call this episode? Let's call it Captain America, Hero or Traitor. That's very, very catchy. Now, I know that the Civil War storyline is also prominent in the Captain America comics, but for the purposes of this episode, we'll be sticking to the movie version of the events. Drew, it was a well-known fact during law school that you are a huge fan of Captain America. That is very accurate. What about him do you like so much? So growing up, I was not allowed to watch a lot of television, and so one of the things I found a lot of joy in was getting to look at comic books. And Captain America always appealed to me in the sense that he didn't have an actual superpower other than the fact that he was the maximum potential a human could be. And, I mean, he's very punny and... Puns are just solid forms of humor. And and he's a a lawful good superhero, so he's always morally right. You know, he's aligning on the side of goodness. So he is kind of a a really good role model. John, what about you? Do you have a favorite superhero in the Marvel Universe? In the Marvel Universe, I identify strongly with Tony Stark. Not Iron Man, just Tony Stark. Uh, (laughs) Because he's very... He's funny, uh, but kind of a dick sometimes. Likeable, though. What about you, Dan? It's hard not to love Tony Stark, but I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Hulk. You know, I can relate to that getting angry. We uh, discussed superpowers uh, once before, where mine was a little more destructive than yours. I identify with that little boiling passion that the Hulk carries. And for all of our listeners who can't see us right now, uh, Drew is actually wearing his Captain America shirt for this episode uh, that he wore very often in law school and maybe washed a few times even. One can only hope, John. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Drew, would you do the honor of starting our walkthrough of the facts in Civil War? I would be honored to, John. And so if you have not seen this one, folks, there's a lot of characters in this film, so hang in there with us. We're going to be calling all these characters by their hero names rather than their identity names, so hopefully it will be easier for you to follow. The movie opens with a scene showing the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes, stopping a car, murdering its passengers back in the year 1991. Now, at present day, we find Captain America on a mission with Falcon, Black Widow, and the Scarlet Witch. And during this mission, they end up stopping the bad guy, but in the process of attempting to divert a blast from a bomb, several Wakandan humanitarian workers are accidentally killed. So, Drew, at this point, the team learns from the U.S. Secretary of Defense that the U.N. wants to create a panel that's going to oversee the Avengers with a measure that they call the Sokovia Accords. These laws create something similar to the Superhero Relocation Act, which John and I discussed in our Right to Be Incredible episode. But this one seeks to oversee superheroes, not to totally ban them. This ends up dividing the Avengers team. Iron Man is on the side of oversight because he's carrying some guilt from being personally responsible for unleashing a dangerous villain in a previous film. But Captain America is on the other side of the debate. 
having seen abuses of power by his own government in, once again, another previous film. Both characters' motivations are understandable and relatable, which is what makes this movie so good. So good. Now, I think the Avengers could have probably worked this out given enough time, but Cap's oldest friend and war comrade, Bucky, aka the Winter Soldier, is witness bombing the embassy. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. This kills the King of Wakanda, prompting his son, the Black Panther, to vow revenge upon Bucky. Hoping to save his friend, Captain America tries to bring in Bucky himself, but the Black Panther gives chase and they are arrested. Now Zemo, a villain, is posing as a prison psychiatrist, and he sneaks into their prison and whispers to Bucky the words that trigger his brainwashed state, sending him on a rampage to cover his escape. Cap manages to contain Bucky and get him to safety, where Bucky fills him in on the whole brainwashing procedure that he underwent. Now, after Captain America understands that Bucky's been brainwashed, he wants to go after Zemo. But the UN wants to make sure that Captain America is unable to operate and basically tries to tie him up in red tape. Not literally, of course. That would be pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America gets through this tape and goes rogue, essentially, along with Falcon, Hawkeye, the Scarlet Witch, and the newly recruited Paul Rudd, or Ant-Man. Now, Iron Man goes after them, along with his buddy, Rhodey, Black Widow, Black Panther, Vision, and the newly recruited Spider-Man. They have an epic showdown in Germany. A bad shot ends up causing Iron Man's friend, Rhodey, to fall and become paralyzed from the waist down, adding to the emotional divide between the Avengers. Now, Cap and Bucky end up escaping after this altercation, but the rest of his crew are captured. At this point, Iron Man learns about Bucky's brainwashing, and that it wasn't actually him that bombed the embassy, but in fact Zemo using some sort of uh, facial interference device to look like Bucky. It's comic books, people. <laughs> <laughs> he convinces Falcon to tell him where Cap and Bucky are, which is at the Winter Soldier Lab in Siberia. Iron Man takes off, going a bit rogue himself by not waiting for clearance. Unknown to Cap and Bucky, Black Panther also followed them to Siberia. When everyone reaches the lab, Zemo shows footage to all the heroes present, and in the scene in the film, it reveals that the passengers who were murdered in the scene at the beginning of the movie, dramatic reveal here, folks, were Iron Man's parents. It's so, so good. good. It's, so, it's good. so good. Enraged, Iron Man, clearly in an emotional state at this point, takes on both Cap and Bucky. Cap tries to talk Iron Man down, telling him, this isn't going to change what's happened, to which Iron Man says, I don't care. He killed my mom. It's, it gives me goosebumps. It's so good. So they have an epic fight, but Cap wins out and leaves with Bucky. Zemo, believing that he's avenged his father by fracturing the Avengers, tries to commit suicide, but is stopped by Black Panther and is taken into custody. The film ends with Cap breaking his crew out of jail. The Secretary of Defense calls Iron Man for help, but of course... Tony Stark puts him on hold. Right, as he is fond of doing. Now, the question today is about treason and whether Captain America committed treason. The United States Code says, whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere, is guilty of treason. And punishments include at least five years in prison, monetary fines, the inability to hold office in the United States, and in some extreme cases, the death penalty. 
So the first question is whether Cap and his allies hold an allegiance to the United States. Drew, you want to walk us through what facts point to Cap owing his allegiance to the United States? I mean, I don't think we need to look much further than the shield that Captain America carries. It's mm -hmm. red, white, and blue with a large star in the center. And in case the, the viewers are not aware, Cap is short for Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> most, of, most of his powers... Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the sake of the audience, Captain America was a U.S. soldier, which that alone, I think, gave right. him allegiance to the United States. And the remainder of the team are all U.S. citizens. I think those facts alone point towards Captain America probably owing some type of allegiance to the United States. And Cap's abilities stem from U.S. military scientific research. So you could argue that he owes allegiance because he exists only because of the United States military. I think that's a fair point, John. I think one additional factor is even though they're a global force, they operate out of the United States. So there is some sort of uh, enjoyment of the United States boundaries and protections that uh, seems to entail some sort of reciprocal duty that they owe back to the country. So what facts point the other way that Cap does not owe allegiance to America? What about you, Dan? What do you think? Mm, I think one of the big factors is he's no longer a United States soldier. He's a, he's a private citizen, so he should have some sort of autonomy in his decision-making powers. I think you can also point to the what you mentioned uh, in our previous section, that uh, Captain America and the Avengers are really a global force. They're not really operating specifically to protect just America. I think they're trying to protect the world, and so... In wanting to protect the world, I think that means they, they don't necessarily owe an allegiance to one country in particular. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the events of Captain America the Winter Soldier might play some role in this because in that movie he kind of battled U.S. forces in a way, right? He battled S.H.I.E.L.D., he beat up all these guys in an elevator. Which was great. Right, and so he does have a history of expressing his non-allegiance to the American government. He seems to be more embodying the individualistic American spirit by being Captain America than actually at any point in time being a representative of the government at that time. Well, and I think we, we also have to take into account Captain America is not a political officer. He, he's acting, of course, as, as a superhero rather than someone trying to get elected for office. It's not like someone's trying to constantly take the shield from him every year in an election. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So the next question is whether Cap and his allies are levying war against the United States, or if Bucky Barnes is, in fact, an enemy of the United States that they are aiding. So what facts point towards Cap waging war against the United States? I think the first major factor is the fighting against United States troops. It's a pretty hard one to ignore. Right. Uh, yeah, there's multiple scenes like the prison break at the end where you see unconscious soldiers laying all over and Captain is breaking people in United States custody. Out. Now, Bucky Barnes bombed, allegedly, the UN embassy. We have to dig a little bit deeper because Bucky Barnes didn't bomb uh, the American embassy or something. So you would have to sort of say that by proxy, because the United States was at that meeting and is part of the UN, when you bomb the UN building, you are becoming an enemy of basically every country that's in the UN. Of course, by the end of the film, it becomes apparent Bucky was not the one who bombed the embassy. So I guess I guess that's a great question, because in reality, Bucky was never a criminal against the United States. Even when the U.S. government believed he was, does Captain America helping him make it treasonous? 
Mm, that's one of those things I think we're really going to have to get in and flush out with a good debate. It's, it's complicated in the sense that what did Cap believe at that point? Did Cap actually believe Bucky was responsible for these actions? Because I think at that point, then he would be aiding someone he thought had committed these acts. Right. On the flip side, is it relevant what he believes when your country commands you, like the Secretary of Defense said, to not go alone and to wait for authorization? If you violate that order, does it really matter what you believe? That's very true. Well, let's talk about what facts point in the opposite direction, that Cap is not fighting against America, but maybe is actually fighting for America. What do you think, Drew? I think there are some very good facts in this, in the sense that what we really have is, in the film, Cap refuses to sign this Sokovia Accord, saying that he does not believe that this is just, he believes this is too much oversight, too much power in someone's hands. And I think that's a very strong American ideal, the idea that we should be free to be able to make these decisions and pursue life, liberty, happiness. And so I think the fact that we see Cap struggling with this and trying to uphold this idea of being able to be free to do what's necessary is a very strong American ideal that Cap pivots to throughout the movie. I can't ignore the fact that Bucky Barnes was also part of the U.S. military, and he basically was a POW or MIA soldier for a bit taken by the Russians or Hydra. Who took him? It was the Russians. It was the Russians. So so in the original comic, and the reason that it's the Russians is, of course, the original comic involving Winter Soldier came out during the Cold War. Got it. And so you could argue that Captain America is having this leave-no-man-behind mentality saying, like, look, in his POW state, he was messed up, he was brainwashed, we gotta get the American Bucky back. Yeah, and soldiers a lot of times have to have some initiative, some discretion, if you had to subject every decision they had to make, even the big ones sometimes, to the decisions of the higher ups, you could end up with some lack of flexibility that could actually be harmful to American interests. So let's talk about the big fight in Germany, probably the best fight scene in this movie where everyone's going after each other. Here, Tony Stark and his allies are acting as government agents, and they clearly tell Captain America, look, stop this come quietly, we don't want to do this. When Cap makes that decision and they have that like slow motion running scene where they're running towards each other, at that moment, is he fighting against America? John, I think that's something we're going to have to get into with our full-on debate. Drew, would you like to go into some closing statements? I'll take the case for the government and that Captain America is a traitor. Would you like to take the case that Captain America is not a traitor, stand up and defend him? It would be my honor. All right, so Dan's going to be prosecuting Captain America. Take it away, Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a case about unity. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. A family divided against itself will break. And a team divided against itself will fail. Captain America committed treason in two ways. First, he personally operated against American forces and their allies. And second, he gives aid and comfort to the Winter Soldier, who has killed many, many American citizens. As the Avengers operate their private organization from American soil, it is only right that they comply with reasonable requests by the Secretary of Defense that would ensure their safe operation. But Captain America not only refuses to cooperate, he actively fights against American troops, their allies, and Iron Man's team. 
Wearing the uniform that signifies the country he represents, he actively fights German police officers when they attempt to arrest the known terrorist, the Winter Soldier. He then helps the Winter Soldier out of jail. And finally, he breaks his rogue team out of jail, mercilessly beating American troops in the process. All this to aid and comfort Bucky, the Winter Soldier. There will be talks of brainwash and misidentification, but don't let that confuse you from the issue. Efforts by US forces, its allies, and the Avengers under American direction to capture a dangerous man were frustrated by Captain America. It isn't about whether or not Bucky was at fault. This is about dividing what should be united. Captain America committed treason by dividing a team for good. He committed treason by turning on US troops and its allies' troops. The villain, Zemo, did not care about who did what. He just wanted to use Captain America's divided loyalty to destroy a force for good. In this, he was successful. The Avengers are fractured. Your duty is to punish this treasonous behavior. For the sake of our unity, you must find Captain America is guilty of treason. Strong words, Dan. Strong words. Now, Drew, as Cap's attorney, would you like to respond to the government's argument? Yes, John. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a case about injustice. It's not a case about treason. Captain America did not commit treason. History has told the story of people who broke laws that should have been broken to protect ideals that we now as Americans idealize. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Muhammad Gandhi, all of these individuals each broke laws in an attempt to make their country a better place. It's undisputed that Captain America owed a duty to the United States. However, his actions in civil war neither waged war against the United States nor provided comfort to an enemy of the United States. He did not owe a duty to comply with the Sokovia Accords. He owed a duty to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Captain America did not commit treason in two particular ways. First, Captain America's actions throughout this film were not waging war against the United States. Every action Captain America took was aimed at one central goal, protecting the United States from their enemies. When Captain America went to apprehend Bucky, he did this specifically to try and bring him in so that he could face due process for the alleged crime that he had committed. When Captain America learned of new information that potentially posed a danger to the United States and the fact there were other Winter Soldiers, his pursuit to go and neutralize that force was again taken in an attempt to protect the United States from its enemies. Second, Captain America's assistance and protection of Bucky Barnes was not aiding an enemy of the United States, but it was more so protecting the innocent, perhaps America's greatest ideal. Bucky Barnes was not consciously acting against the United States at any point during these events. Bucky is the victim of foreign deprogramming and mind-wiping and mind-control. And these actions that he took throughout the film were not his own conscious or unconscious decision. Rather, Bucky was the victim of the Cold War, forced to do unspeakable acts without even the conscious ability or unconscious ability to say no. Captain America never sought to protect Bucky from the law. He sought to apprehend Bucky first. He sought to ensure Bucky, like any American, was convicted 
with due process of law. Did Captain America act outside the law in this film? Maybe. Captain America did commit crimes, but that crime was not treason. Fighting an unjust law and protecting the rights to due process do not amount to treason. They amount to upholding the Constitution in every sense of the word. For these reasons, you should not find Captain America guilty of treason. Very good arguments, Drew. Now, do either of you think that Captain America's status as a national hero would make finding an unbiased jury basically impossible? I think there's enough wooden people out there who don't love the Marvel Universe <laughs> that we could maybe find an unbiased jury. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm a little less sold, John. I, I think it's very hard to say that someone who gave their life both in World War II and at modern day continually to protect America would be able to be found guilty of treason by U.S. citizens that had witnessed him do all these things. That, yeah. is, that is true. I think it would be a hard case to make. Well, we've disagreed on a lot of things, or at least, you know, taken different sides of debates. Can we all agree that this is maybe one of the best Marvel movies they've put out? Oh, absolutely. No, it, it really, it, there's not a whole lot of lulls in the film. The film really kind of keeps you on your toes throughout it, and the twist, the twist was so well set up. Yeah, that emotional underpinning to the whole thing, too. God, it's just a great film. Well, guys, I think, once again, we've covered all the bases. All right, well, that's going to do it for today. A very special thank you to our guest host for today's episode, Drew McDaniels. John, Dan, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. We have an email account where you can submit questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. And that email is legalcut at gmail.com. What's that email address again? Why, Drew, it's legalcut at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more legal analysis of your favorite scenes from pop culture. I'm Dan. I'm John. And I'm Drew. And this has been The Legal Cut. Thank mm-hmm. you.